When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, 49ers fans? I'm your host, John Chapman, and welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And we've got a fun one today. I love doing stuff like this. Now, I do have to tell you, shout out to the Countdown crew. This is not a live episode. Uh, Currently, I am in Texas. (laughs) I'm celebrating with my family. Uh, You know, we miss going back home. Uh, seeing my wife's family and my family and my kids' friends and all that stuff last year because of COVID. So uh, we decided to take the week to go back to Texas. So I pre-recorded this bad boy because, hey, we got to talk football, man. That's what we do. Um, so this is not live, but do want to say all the hashtag CCs count for the next month's giveaway, which we're getting pretty close to. Um, and we'll have something very, very soon for you there. Now, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to be going through and talking about the all-NFC West offense. We're doing a complete first and second team. No rookies allowed, um, even though I'm sure some rookies will make it. But you got to play. We're going on what you've done in the past, not necessarily what, you, what you're going to do and potential and all those things. Um, got a couple questions that we're going to get through as well. And I do have to let you know this. We've already done the all-NFC West defensive episode. That was a bonus podcast for our Patreon subscribers. So if you want to go back, they get an extra, you know, kind of two to three podcasts a month over there. Um, so if you want to do that, just go to patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast. Uh, that's there. Uh, just go patreon.com, type in 49ers. You'll see us. Join us there. If you want to get all those extra podcasts and film breakdowns, all that stuff, just loaded um, another film breakdown. It was 40-plus minutes on Trey Sermon versus Clemson. God, that guy is just unbelievable. So those are there for you. Now, a couple of emails that I want to talk about that I, I thought were really, really good. You know, Speaking of Trey Sermon, Somebody asked me in the past, or I think I put it out there on Twitter. I'm not sure where it originated you know, from originally, but um, who's going to lead the 49ers in carries this year? I said Trey Sermon. I, I really do believe it will be Trey Sermon just because he can handle the workload. Well, Russ reached out to me, and he said, it seems that your view of Mostert has changed from him being a stud back who was a constant home run threat to someone who should only get single-digit carries every game. Was the shift 
uh, due to Sermon and Mitchell, or did you come to the conclusion as soon as the last season ended? Here's kind of where I stand on Mostert. I love Mostert. Um, you know, he's a 29-year-old running back. Not a lot of those, but because he's never got that many carries, he's not playing like an old aging veteran running back 29. He's never had more, Raheem Mostert we're talking about, 137 carries in season. That's the most he's ever had in his five-year career. So um, the problem with Mostert has been, look, we cannot keep him healthy. He's out there for a few plays, limps around. He'll play through the limps, but he's not as effective, things like that. I think you've got to keep him under 12. Um, that's where that needs to be. Now, obviously, you get into the playoffs. You get into some of those crucial games down the stretch or division games. Yeah, you could you know, definitely give him some more carries. Uh, very similar to what they did to the Vikings and the Packers, right? Yeah, if he's going all ham, all, all world, then you feed him. But that shouldn't be the game plan each and every week. You've got to keep Mostert healthy. And the mindset is a 20-game season, right? It's not even making it through 16 games. It's making it through 20. You got 17 games in the regular season. Then you got three games uh, or four for the Super Bowl. That, that's the mentality. So 20 or 21 games, that should be the plan. And again, you look back, he's never had more than 140 carries. So you give him 10 carries a game, that's 170 minimum, right? If he plays all the games, whatever. So I want to keep him... Under 12. Uh, but again, overtime, games on the line, important game. No problem with that. I think he should be the first running back out there on the field. He should be the clear starter. But I do believe Trey Sermon should have more carries. You know, and you know, one of my keys to the game, if you remember back to in season, is always if the 49ers get 30 or more rush attempts, they're gonna win. I think they're like 26 and one uh since Kyle Shanahan showed up with over 30 carries. Um, I think they lost one game this year, perhaps, is one of those like three turnover games with Nick Mullins. But so that's the idea. So let's just say this is the way I would want it scripted out. Now, the script usually goes out the window for Kyle Shanahan pretty early <laughs> in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. But the first and third quarters usually are on script, and that's why they're so good. But if I'm dividing up 30 carries for the 49ers moving forward, my plan would be okay, Mostert's going to get 10. Trey Sermon's going to get 12. Now, Kyle Shanahan always is really big on this kind of two-horse race. Uh, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. You know, I mean, it's just it's what he's done almost everywhere he's been unless he's got that bell cow kind of guy like Alfred Morris that can just take all the carries in the world because he's such a big guy, um, which I think Trey Sermon kind of fits into. But anyway, Mostert 10, Sermon 12, Trey Lance 2, Whenever he comes in. Now, Trey Lance isn't going to be starting for a little bit, so you take those two carries away. Kyle Juszczyk, one. He's averaged one rush per game um, since he's signed with the 49ers, so I think that stays true. He did get a little bit more work last year, but still, I think last year I think he had 17 carries. So it's not like, yeah, he got more work, a little bit more pass attempts and whatever else, but we're focusing on rush attempts now. Debo, two. And then whoever the running back three is, they get about three. So again, 10 Mostert, 12 Sermon, two Lance, one juice, two Debo. And then whoever RB3 is, whether that's Elijah Mitchell, Wynn Gallman, uh, Jamichael Hasty, whomever, that person would get three. And that comes out to 30. That's kind of what you want it to be. It's never going to be that because things change and whatever else. Like, yeah. But that's kind of the mindset that I would have for this backfield. Kyle Shanahan's running games as good as anybody in the NFL. We all know that. 
The offensive line, well, guess what? You updated <laughs> two out of five starters, got a major <laughs> boost in Alex Mack, and then you spend the second-round pick on Alex Banks. So you're expecting the run game to be even better than it has been in the past. And if Mostert getting single-digit carries all year means he stays healthy, I'm all for it. All for it. Yeah, health is key. <laughs> now, the good news is, I don't think that our running game or offense stalls this year like it did in the past when we lost all our running backs. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. One, because our offensive line's better. Two, I think we have a much deeper running back room than we did in the past. Tevin Coleman was basically done last year. Jarek McKinnon was completely done last year. Hasty showed some flashes, flashes before he had a shoulder, but when Mostert was gone, it, it was just done. It was done. It was done. And I don't think it's going to be that anymore. Another quick question. This comes from Tom. Um, if you guys are listeners of the Pro Football Focus, they've got so many different podcasts. But what they did, they put out a ranking the top coaches in the NFL and top offensive play callers. But they didn't do the whole list. But here's the issue, okay? Kyle Shanahan was not a top seven head coach, and he wasn't even a top six offensive play caller, which obviously PFF, everything that they do, you take with a grain of salt. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> he wanted me to listen to the podcast and kind of put my take on it. Cause they talked to him for about 40 minutes and I listened to it. And I'll say this, you know, I listened to a lot of football, generic NFL coaching scheme type podcasts, whatever I can find. And I love all that kind of stuff, but podcasts I can't listen to are ones that kind of start with like this very arrogant and like just talking down on people. It, it's it, like, I get it. Like, I'm a positive guy, whatever. But, man, they're just like I, – I counted – I listened to a 25-minute segment where it was, you know, they were talking about coaches and Kyle Shanahan and all this stuff. And they just kept saying repeatedly, like, oh, well, the average fan doesn't even know. Oh, well, Twitter, they don't know anything. They just say whatever. And, like, well, yeah, if you're just watching the game, then you wouldn't see what we see. And I'm just like, whoa, bro. Like, chill out, man. I get it. But these people are paid your salary. Like, calm down. So they're just a very kind of negative group that was on this podcast. I don't want to say their names or whatever, but I don't listen to that podcast for that reason. And they went through and they were talking about all these things and why they're, you know, Kyle Shanahan's not a top seven coach. I'm like, man, if half of your podcast is trying to justify why this guy is not a top seven head coach, then I think you kind of miss the point. It's one of those things, like, if... <laughs> If you have to ever say, I'm the one who's in charge here, you're not in charge. You might have the title. Nobody's listening to you. That's why you have to raise your voice and yell. Just because you're louder doesn't mean you're right. That doesn't change anything. Uh, just because you yell doesn't mean people are going to follow. And it's the same thing. If you have to talk about why this person isn't in there for your whole entire podcast, I think you kind of answered your own question. If you were to, I've said this times before, let's say you wipe off all 32 head coaches. And you go through and you draft. 1 through 32, everybody gets to pick their head coach. Kyle Shanahan's going top three. That's all there is to it. You, you say Bill Belichick. You talk about McFay. You talk about whatever. I don't care. Kyle Shanahan's top three. In demand, in respect, you watch the plays that take place um, all across the NFL. Guess what? Everybody wants a piece of Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Okay, And you say, well, McVay and all those things. That's fine. Guess who McVay learned from? <laughs> Guess who McVay coached under? Um, and McVay's incredible. And if you wanted to put McVay over Shanahan, I don't have a problem with that. 
That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying Kyle Shanahan, it's a Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. McVay's going to have his, but you look at the people that progressed from under from under McVay, guess what? Most of those guys coached under Kyle first. And so take that for what you will. And I, I will say this, you know, one of the key kind of terms that they used to not include Kyle Shanahan in the top seven was that his lack of fourth down conversions. And it's like, well, wait a second. You look at what Kyle Shanahan's did, and I get it. You don't blame everything on injuries. But in 2019, he was top five in everything. Uh, I think he was sixth best in fourth down conversion percentage. Like, top six. Like, he was up there. Yeah, it was bad last year. It was very bad last year. But even if you take away the outliers, he's still top 10 in the league in fourth down just in his time with the 49ers. And that's with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer. Just wait. Just wait. The report card on Kyle Shanahan's not done. And when people disrespect the 49ers and kind of all those things out there, that's cool. Don't let that upset you. Yeah, you can respond and correct them and whatever else, but don't let it get at you. Like, like don't allow those people to, you know, whatever. <laughs> Again, you're talking about when Nick Mullins is in there? Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. So I'll take whatever it is that you want there. Now, um, Another thing that they brought up that I thought was interesting, they docked both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for how much they traded up to go get Trey Lance. And, you know, there's some things that you got to remember. And again, context is key here. They called teams at five and at four first, and those teams said, no, we are not trading back. Then what do you got to do? You got to go to three or six. And they, they were pretty clear who they wanted. And so they went up to three and got their guy. Maybe they did overpay. That might be the case. We don't know. Um, we do know that the team was very, very, or the entire NFL was very, very clear that they did not value Justin Fields and Mac Jones at all in the realm of the top three quarterbacks. Um, now, how many teams were high on Trey Lance? We may never know. Um, that's just one of those things. We don't get to see the draft rooms, and nobody's going to talk about the quarterback that they had ranked high that they didn't have a chance of getting. Um I obviously I'm a huge Trey Lance guy have been for a very long time. So I like the move, but who knows kid might not pan out. I don't know how that would work. Uh, injuries, perhaps Yeah, you seen another workout video just coming up on Saturday. I mean, good Lord, the dude's like working out with a different person or wherever he can throw into whomever the dude's just a beast. Um, so I'm excited to see him. We're going to have to wait. It's going to be a while. I still think week 11 is the first time Trey Lance uh, gets his start. That's just what I'm projecting outside of injury. Um, anyway. All right, let's jump to the main section of this podcast, which I'm really excited about. But before we do, real quick word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. So excited to announce our new sponsor. This is a big one, betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is one of my favorite betting sites, and here's the thing that separates it from everything else. In the offseason, they have so much NFL to bet on. It's an absolute blast. So head over there. Use promo code 49ERSRUSH, all caps, one word, 49ERSRUSH. Again, 49ERSRUSH as your promo code. And what that's going to get you is they're going to match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Now, rollovers apply on the bonus money. If you're not sure how that works, uh, you can check out that out on the site. But you can open an account for as little as $25. Again, please use our promo code. Helps the podcast. But you can bet on NFL futures, over uh, win totals for each team. They have the 49ers set at 10 wins currently, by the way. So if you're one of the people that thinks the 49ers are going to get 11 or more wins, 
Go over there and make that bet. <laughs> There's no reason not to. Coach of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, who makes the playoffs and who doesn't, as well as some of the game of the year spreads. So, for example, if you want to bet the 49ers versus Tennessee Titans, that's up on there right now with the spread and all those things. There's so much to bet there. So we're going to be doing some betting specials here. By the way, I'm taking the over on 49ers getting 10 or more wins. I, I think they're definitely going to get to 11 wins. Um, so head over there, support the podcast, bet with us, make some money. We did really, really well last year. Again, that's betonline.ag, and make sure you use promo code 49ersRush, all capital, one word, to help support the podcast. All right, let's get to the all-NFC West offense. We're doing a first and second team, and here's how this works. Basically, we are creating the best 11-man starting offense using all four teams in the division, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Rams. And we're going to do that for a first and second team. Now, I, a little bit of a qualifier, and I know I'm going to get like upset. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get a pick exactly how you want to use your bets so download the app today use code 49ers 49ERS for a deposit match up to $100 again that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I didn't include fullback, and I want to. I know the all AP team, they do like um, you know, they put a fullback in there and like an extra whatever. No other team in this division uses a fullback. Nick Ballore who used to be with the 49ers and Seahawks, he had four offensive snaps. Like, <laughs> um, So anyway, this is a juiceless all-NFC West offense, and I get it. He's he's an all-pro for the NFL. He's the best fullback, period. So if you want to add him in there to tweak these numbers a little bit, that's fine. So we're going to go through first and second team, each position on the offense. Remember, we already did this for the Patreon bonus show. But then we're going to total them up and see which teams had the most first-teamers, second-teamers total. 
Then we're going to total up the offense and defense and give us a, I, I, it really helped me see this division so much clearer um, after ending this exercise. It took me a while, and I argued with myself a lot going through these. But the one position I did not argue at all, this was quarterbacks. I had Russell Wilson. He's the first-team guy. I don't think it's close. And then Matt Stafford's the second-team quarterback. Um, you know, if we were going to continue these rankings, it'd go three, Kyler Murray, four, Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, no rookies will be in this ranking. Eventually, Trey Lance will be on this list. But for now, I don't think so. All right, running backs. Again, only one running back makes it for each. My first teamer, Cam Akers. A little bit of a shock here. And for all my fantasy people, I'm telling you right now, I will be putting in a side bet this year on Cam Akers leading the entire NFL in rushing yards. I, I think he's just going to go off with Matt Stafford there. I hate it. I don't like the Rams. But I have Cam Akers as the clear number one here. Now, the number two spot was a little difficult. Um, the two guys that I was arguing with back and forth were Chris Carson and Raheem Mostert. Now, I'm not the biggest Chris Carson guy. And, you know, I dove into a whole bunch of stats like, okay, how do I... Carson's done it more consistently. There's no doubt about that. He has fumbling issues. Mostert's had injury issues. But here was the thing that was the deciding factor. Raheem Mostert has averaged over five yards per carry every single year he's been in the NFL. Chris Carson, how many times has he averaged over five yards per carry? Goose egg. Zero. He's never averaged over five yards per carry uh, for a season in his entire career. So I'm giving the nod to our man, Raheem Mostert. It was close, and I don't have a problem. Again, you want to work these numbers out on your own. Um, actually, I'll tell you what. Put this in the comments. I'll go back and keep track of this. Put RM for Reem Mostert or put CC. Oh, man, I hate uh, CC. Put Carson. <laughs> Type Carson if you think that he should be. I don't I don't want to confuse our countdown crew with Chris Carson. He's, he's on the enemy lines there. So who do you think should be the second team running back there? Raheem, RM, or Carson for Chris Carson? I'm curious to see what that looks like. But that's where we are right there. Now, wide receiver, I'm doing a three-wide receiver set. And, man, this is solid. <laughs> I look at the six guys named here. They're all freaking studs. And, man, if you want to keep going, you can come up with a couple other names. First team, I don't think there's any doubt. DeAndre Hopkins is by far one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he gets the nod there and the very first Cardinal to make it onto our all uh, offensive team. Second up, I got DK Metcalf. Uh, that dude has just been lights out. Um, we'll see what he looks like again this year, but he has just been killing it. And the third spot, uh, that was a tough one because I, I've got like four guys in the exact same tier um, here. But I went Tyler Lockett. I like IU better. I'd prefer to have him. But Lockett has put up back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons, and he only missed, I think he had 996 yards the season before that. So that's three straight years of elite production. Doesn't miss any games. Is 16-game starter, 16-game starter. I know it's easy whenever Russell Wilson's your quarterback. But my first team wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Uh, that's what I have there. Now the second team, man, again, you could mix these guys around, but again, we're going off of past production. Brandon Ayuk is my first guy there. I have Brandon Ayuk super freaking high. Um, I think that he is a top 15 wide receiver already, and it, who knows what it's going to look like whenever we get a quarterback that can throw the deep ball because I think that's a part of his game that has yet to be unlocked. 
but it's special because he gets so much separation on the deep ball. Um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, they're going to round out that second team. So you got one 49er and two Rams players there. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are just... They just work so well in that offense. They are perfect scheme fits, and now they're getting a huge upgrade at quarterback with Matthew Stafford. So <laughs> we're going to have to see what happens there. And Tutu Atwell, their second-round pick, uh, he's going to be added in that as well. So very dangerous wide receiver core. Tight ends, no question whatsoever. George Kittle, probably the biggest gap in all of this is <laughs> George Kittle than everybody else. Like I struggled finding the second team um tight end it came down to two guys uh that were both with the rams last year right uh you got tyler higby and then gerald everett who's now with uh seattle so that that was interesting i went higby he had more catches more yards had more almost everything last year and you know the the rams kind of made their choice we're going to keep this guy so i went tyler higby number two but again george kittle this was like the most like yeah <laughs> there's nothing to look at there there's nothing to look at there what a competition all right old line now for this one i do want to be clear i didn't change anybody's position what they are playing that's what i put them at so i didn't even switch left guard to right guard i didn't switch left tackle to right tackle no no no. what you play that's what you're fighting for so it's left tackles versus left tackles left guards versus left guards straight up and down um obviously left tackle this one I think there's two elite left tackles in this this conference. That's Trent Williams and Dwayne Brown. But Trent Williams, he's the first teamer. Dwayne Brown will be the second team left tackle. Left guard. Not a lot of quality left guard play in this division. Lakin Tomlinson was my first team guy by far. Uh, you look at you know just PFF grades. You look at you know sacks, pressures allowed. You look at whatever it is. He's top of the board. That's just what he is. Um, so I got Lakin Tomlinson. He's my first team. David Edwards of the Los Angeles Rams. He's my second team guy. Center, uh, Rodney Hudson, who came from Oakland. Oakland blew up their team because they ran out of cash. Their owner couldn't pay these salaries. So he traded away Rodney Hudson. He traded away Gabe Jackson. And just like always, all these stupid owners, whether it's the freaking Texans or if it's the <laughs> Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders, they always trade to our division, but not to us. Ah, it makes me mad. So uh, anyway, Rodney Hudson, he is my first team um, NFC West offensive center. And second is Alex, Alex Mack. What a difference a year makes. You go from somebody that's never even played center in their life in Daniel Brunskill to now you have a second team, you know, all division player in Alex Mack. And yeah, if you're one of those people that's like, man, Alex Mack should be on the first team. Rodney Hudson's playing about as good as any center in the NFL. Um, he's definitely top three. But, yeah, if you want to put Alex Mack up there, I hope that he plays to that level. But I think it's a pretty clear one-two punch there. Now, I, another thing that I want to say before I get to right guard, Damian Lewis, who played right guard, he's moving to center now. So I, I don't have him ahead of Alex Mack. But the reason why he's moving to center is who I just talked about. Now we're to the right guards. First team, Gabe Jackson. Holy cow. That dude... When the 49ers and Seahawks play, I'm going to be watching Javon Kinlaw versus Gabe Jackson because that's just two behemoth physical specimen, like just specimen, just so physical the way they play. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Gabe Jackson is a hell of a right guard. And then I got Austin Corbett for the Los Angeles uh, Rams. So that's my number one, Gabe, number two, Austin Corbett. And then we get to right tackle. And I struggled with this. 
Um, I swapped these two guys back and forth like three times. And it, it, the two guys are Mike McGlinchey and Haverstein. Rob Haverstein with the Rams. I went McGlinchey as number one. And here's why. Let's just look at the numbers. McGlinchey gave up five sacks. Havenstein went up, gave up four sacks. But whenever you looked at run blocking, Havenstein wasn't even in the top 15. Whereas Mike McGlinchey was number one. So I kept going back and forth, and I like I don't want to be too much of a homer. So I don't like giving all these tiebreakers to the 49ers. That's not it at all. But if I want to be honest, this is a very poor offensive line class. If you look at our division, it's bad. The 49ers by far have the distinct advantage in offensive line, and I don't even think it's close. Los Angeles Rams got some guys, there's no doubt. Uh, they, I mean, the Rams had three guys make... What's it called? Uh, the second team. But the 49ers had three guys make the first team. You kind of see the difference there. Um, it, it's, a, it's a big difference. Now, again, fullback, you know, if you want to put Juice in there, that's cool. I couldn't do it. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't do it. Um, and this kind of told me, let's go through the numbers, just on offense. The Cardinals had two first-teamers, zero second-team players, for a grand total of two plus zero equals Two for all my smart kids at home. This is who this offense is. You got you got a couple playmakers, and that's it. That's it. This is not a solid team, the Cardinals. They're not. They don't have they don't have the studs. They really, really don't. And their offensive line is abysmal, I will say it. Abysmal. It is that bad. They've got a good center. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a good wide receiver. That's it on offense. That's it. All right, next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks, which is just super top-heavy team. I've talked about this so much. And whenever, again, you, you can look at a roster and you see, like, all these people and you're like, oh, man, there's no depth here. Well, guess what? They had four first-teamers were tied for the most. They only had one second-teamer, total of five. So that, that lets you know kind of where they are. They got four studs and one second-teamer. That's it. Now let's go to the 49ers. 49ers had four first-teamers tied for the most, three second-teamers, which is seven total. Now, if you want to add juice in there, okay, that'd give us five and three for a grand total of eight. But, again, Cardinals two, Seahawks five, 49ers seven if you don't count juice, eight if you do. Uh, and then let's get to the Rams. One first-team player. One. That's it. They only had one. And that's their running back, and that was iffy but they have seven second-team players. That Rams offense has so much depth, so much depth. And so, like, it, it's, it's interesting, man. Like, you know, whenever I, I first look at the Rams roster, and it's like, man, they have no depth. Eh, they got a little bit more than I thought they did. Um, but there are some really weak position groups in this offense. So if you're just looking at total numbers – Cardinals 2, again, just talking offense. Seahawks 5, 49ers 7, Rams 8. But if you're just looking at first-teamers, well, 49ers 4, Seahawks 4, Cardinals 2, Rams 1 on offense. Now, let's total together all these numbers, okay, from our previous episode that we did on Patreon, the bonus show. The defensive totals and the offensive totals combined. So this is out of 22 starters, right, because... Um, there's 11 first-teamers on offense, 11 on defense, 11 second-teamers on offense, 11 on defense. So, you're, what's that, 44? I'm super smart. I went to college. All right, last place, total number, Cardinals, 
They had four first-teamers, four second-teamers, grand total of eight. All right, Seahawks. They were second to last. I keep telling everybody, so we're Seahawks roster. The numbers bear it out. They had seven first-teamers. They got some elite up there, three second-teamers. The fewest by far there for a grand total of 10. Rams, okay, four first-teamers, eight second-teamers. Grand total of 12. And then the 49ers, their last with the most for sure. First teamers, seven. Second teamers, seven. Grand total, 14. This roster is built different. They have the most first teamers tied with Seattle. Both have seven each. But the difference is the depth that has been established. Again, 14 total for the 49ers, 12 for the Rams, 10 for the Seahawks, eight for the Cardinals. And I think that's the way the pecking order has to go. Now, how much does quarterback make up for the lack of depth that the Seahawks have? Well, that's been the way it's been for the for, for Seattle since Russell's been drafted. He wills them to, to win despite the roster, despite the poor coaching, despite everything. How long is that going to continue? This is not a good Seahawks team. They do have some top-end talent, a lot of top-end talent. Um, but that depth is not there. Cardinals, they don't have depth or talent. And then you got the Rams, which, man, they, they only have four first-teamers. But those four first-teamers, like, are pretty damn close to being first-teamers for the NFL. Um, they have the best corner in the NFL, or one of them. They have the best defensive tackle. Um, I think the running back's going to lead the entire, you know, NFL in rush yards. I think he's going to be up there if he stays healthy. And then, of course, Stafford, you know, put him where, wherever you want to put that. But the 49ers are definitely the team to beat. You look at these numbers, and it paints a very clear picture. If the 49ers can get quality, just decent to above-average quarterback play, they're winning this division. Um, I really do think it comes down to the 49ers and the Rams and the Cardinals and Seahawks. Again, how much can Russell Wilson make up for that? I don't know. I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think they'll come out red hot. But again, if they get some injuries, that team's done. It's over. It's just what it is. And the coaching of the Cardinals is going to keep them out. That's just all that is. But I thought this was fun. And again, if you want to listen to the defensive one and go through the positional breakdown there, that's up on Patreon. But I hope that you guys enjoyed this. This was fun. And it kind of, again, you, you know, you, you step back and you look at something, you're like, oh, this one's better than that one. But when you go through and you plug all these in, and tell me what you disagree with. I, I'm wrong a lot of times. So throw that up in the comments. I want to look back and see, man, I, if I miss somebody, maybe there's somebody that I didn't include on here. Again, no rookies were involved. But hit me up. Let me know what's going on there. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I'm going to get back to my vacation, spending time with family. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here. But like I said, vacation or not, you're still getting your 40 hours rush content. That's not going to stop no matter what. And I hope that everybody has a great week. And I will be talking with you guys soon. Hopefully next time I'll be live. Uh, we'll get that going. But as always... Stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.